All right, this is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Celtic God, also known as Jeff. With me is the Lord Keeper, Ike. Hello, everybody. Uh, yes, just want to let everybody know that you're all beautiful. If you don't believe me, go look in the mirror and look at those beautiful little eyes, except for you, Tim. You have ugly eyes. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, guess. Make sure to follow us on everything. We're on X now. We have Telegram. We got YouTube, Patreon. Um, especially throw us throw us a couple dollars or um, just share the show because we, yes, because it'll help us grow. And us uh, grow. you can also follow us on Spotify and feel free to rate us one to five stars if you absolutely. Oh, yeah, that us. really helps too. Subcri- subscribe. Uh, let me see. I think that's all the boring shit out of the way. Yes. So we can get into the interesting stuff. So we was having an interesting conversation the other day and it was about all the isms and is. In particular, it was, so some people's got to calm down, but in particular, it was socialism, communism, uh, Marxism, capitalism, corporatism, blah, 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 all the isms and is don't forget the is you got to have the is. Yes. But when I laid out like a natural way that families, small, small groups of people, which is usually just an extended family larger tribes and units all actually function, we realized that all of these, um, I guess really what they come down to, some people will think that they're political uh, political systems. Other people will say that they're economic systems. Let's just view it from an economic system, I guess. But the natural means is actually all of these things combined to different degrees and different orientations and different locations, I guess. Um, but what it is, what what all these eggheads have done, uh, whether it's Marx or I forget the name of the people that, that dubbed all the other shit. Um, but what they've done is they've taken the natural order and they're, they're thinking to themselves, what is the best way to control people? And they dissected the natural order and pluck a piece out and say, this is what we're going to follow because this makes it easier to control people. If it's socialism, it makes it easier to control people. If we just do the socialism part of it, if we just do the, the, uh, um, communism part of it, if we just do the capitalist part of it, but none of these things actually work as a whole, same as money, money versus bartering. It's, it's it needs to not be one or the other. It both for well, a good then, healthy environment. Well, and then people forget the one before that, which is the gift economy. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: is the gift economy isn't even really an economy. It's just a means of describing people giving gifts as a form of appreciation, re- appreciation, resource sharing, bonding. I mean, we still we still do it. Well, weddings, weddings is one giant gift exchange. Well, and. That's almost obligatory, but like when it'd be more akin the lines of somebody, I want to be a great painter and they show some dedication because all they're using is like whatever paints that they can make and a stick on some old boards. So then somebody's like, oh, they really want to do this and they're really putting in an effort. What if I got them some actual paint? What if I got them some paint brushes? What if I got them the... I think they're called chisels, but it's like um, putty knives, basically, that you can paint with. What if I got them some of these materials and not ask anything in return? It's 
due to the effort that they're putting in. This is still a gift economy. Oh, yeah. like Because uh, in return, later on, this person very well might give the person one of their paintings. Well, there's a, a book I recently read, which was a bunch of memoirs from this guy learning how to hunt with his grandfather in, I think it's North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But basically what it was was when he was really young, his grandfather, after the kid showed that he could actually handle a gun, because he was taught from a fairly young age, his grandfather got him a one of those very nice, you know, like back when gunsmiths were a thing, mm-hmm. hunting shotguns or hunting rifles. And then as he taught him, not only was he creating a legacy by teaching his grandson, but his grandson could also hunt for the family. He could also uh, help fix things around the house. They were actually helping each other. The young one, the, the grandson was giving the grandfather purpose and hope for the future, whereas the grandson was learning all this skills and wisdom from the grandfather. Mm-hmm. This is a giant gift economy. Which is, again, part of the issue with all of these is-isms, this kind of economy well, And the best this part kind of is economy. when we do it without thinking about it. Because I've seen where one family gives a member of another family uh, a brand new rifle. I heard that he just got his hunting license. Here's a brand new rifle. And the guy is very happy. He's very thankful. And for the next few years, he's all like, I shot this deer with the gun that you gave me. He's not even thinking repayment. He's proud. He's grateful that he has the gun. You gave me the gun. He's not even thinking, oh, I need to give him, give them a portion of each of my kills to re- in repayment for the gun. No, that's not what he's doing. He's just proud and thankful, so he's giving back. That is a gift economy. Once it starts being with a purpose of, oh, they gave me the gun, now I need to give them a portion of my kills until the gun is repaid. That is barter. Yes. Well, so it's, it's past that line now. Well, get, from gift to barter is when it becomes obligation. From barter to monetary system is when there's just a standard unit for barter. Mm-hmm. It's like the example we were talking about. If you just have a barter system, everything becomes a fetch quest. Yes. So you, have, you want a car or a, a horse or whatever. But that person... Screw will, it. Let's use the gun. I want the gun. Yeah. But you want chickens, but I don't have any chickens. I know a guy that has chickens, but he doesn't have enough chickens, but he's willing to part with some eggs. But the thing that he wants, I don't have. Say he wants, well, I'm making a couch for my wife. I want some leather so I can make a nice leather couch for me and my wife. But you don't have any leather. You don't even have any animals to make leather crap what do i do so that it turns into this big long fetch quest with like at the end you're still going to have to grow the chickens to get the gun that you want to give to somebody else yep and then here's the thing is whatever you end up on like maybe he's a tanner or maybe he has to tan the hide so eventually that's just what he does for a living well, he's worst a case scenario the tanner wants a gun yeah so you can get the leather but he wants a gun it's like but shit what can't use him well and you can't just have the monetary system because without the 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 just common human decency and natural inclination of the gift or the ability to barter if you need to eventually you just become a, a slave to where the system. where the issue comes in is when you can't do when bartering when is off the table when money is the only option like everything yeah. like most things it's like any useful tool if you have to use it 
Like if you have to use a car, right. there's no option to just walk and get everything done. If you have to use a phone, if you have to use the internet, on and on and on. Once something becomes obligatory, it becomes a burden. Right. So in the case of money, if you're not allowed to trade chickens for a car, let's say it's not a very good car and the guy only wants 200 chickens. If you legally can't trade your 200 chickens for this piece of crap car, there's an issue. That means you are now locked into the monetary system, and that's that's not good either. That's not natural either. And we can still barter. It's just a little less than legal in most places. In well, some places, it's perfectly legit still. Well, and then everything's become so regulated. That's why there's that joke. Support. Well, yeah, because the government needs its cut. Yeah, that's, that's why we have to trade and have to trade in money. It's because the government needs its cut. Support your local uh, black market. Buy lemonade mm. from Little Timmy. I love that meme. It's one of the best memes. Like, it's all, everything looks up at the top of the meme looks dark and sinister. And then down below is this happy picture of Little Timmy with his Did lemonade Did you buy stand. from your bake sale? Yes. And it's, How dare it's you? But to talk, uh, to work in some of these other systems, because that's the barter system. That's. A barter system and gift economy, we've, we've discussed those a little bit. And everybody can kind of figure out what should go where on their own. I'm not going to give you my list. Yeah, if I need to explain to you where each of these has their place, it's a bit. But most families actually run, at least when there's children, run on a communist system. And then you in- do what I, what I told you to do because I told you to do it, and I will give you food. You will eat what I tell you to eat. Or you go hungry. Yep. And then individuals like couples tend to be basically socialists or... Well, uh, not even necessarily couples. Um, but yes, uh, a man and a woman or an couple extended of family. An extended family, friends, that roommates that are just living together. Have a tendency to be more socialist where we, we pool together. The resources. so Right. Ever- and we each pay our share. Yeah. But then that doesn't work on a much larger scale. And then here's the thing is once the family's at a large enough size, so like these powerful clans that have like 500 people that control a certain level of land and there's vassal families and stuff like that, now the equivalent in the modern day would be like corporatism. Right. And capitalism and, and barter system can work within uh, like the extended tribal system, basically in a town. Because you sh- you can barter back and forth. You can you can some of them just want the money, but they're not so close that it's like a socialist system, where yeah, it's it's our food. You don't have to ask for everything that you take because it's our food. We put into the food together. It's not like that with an ex- large extended family or a town, and we all know that. So that's when you start getting in capitalism but it should still have an aspect of barter and gift economy um but now as a whole the big tribal unit that you was talking about in comparison to another large tribal tribal unit which is multiple families all working together that's like two corporations well and then this is where the the basic idea comes in is all of these ists and isms are pointless. Yes. They're overly... In, out- of, and by themselves, they mean nothing. Well, they're overly 
academic. Mm-hmm. It's part of the issue well, is there, there. Was it the last episode where we was talking about they people forget the human element? That's yeah. why none of these systems actually work very well. well. The capitalist system, I guess, works the best, but it's it's fundamentally broken. Well, I mean, here's the thing is if you focus in on humans are simple, but we're also complex, mm-hmm. much like nature is simple, but complex. You need to eat. But there are things in the forest that can kill you. That's where the complexity comes in. Even potatoes have compounds in them that can kill you in enough amounts. Mm-hmm. If you hyper-focus on that granted, without you might eating have the to rest wait, of the potato. Granted, you might have to eat 200 pounds of potatoes to get that amount, but it's there. So, yeah, well, like you said, if you hyper-focus on that, you never get to enjoy the potato. Well, there, there was, I forget if it was a duke or a king, but there was apparently, a, again, this might just be a meme I saw on the internet. But there was someone who was of the Oh, I looked it up. It, it's real. It was, he was the eating. The 17 Cinnabons? Yeah. Oh, no. I was talking about the one that died from eating uh, green potatoes. No, no, no. Not that one. But there was one that ate like 17 cinnamon buns. That one, I don't know if that's true. And died. So the limit is 16. Right. That might be true. That might not be true. If, he, if it is true, I would bank it's got more to do with a split gut than anything, <laughs> than anything else. Well, like... Um, or uh, the the frats that changed their pledge, their hell week for pledge from beer into water, and then people died right. because Which they drank weird. too much water. Yeah, everything in too many anything, anything that in too much uh, quantity is lethal. Yes, well, it's even oxygen. Yes, well, I mean that's why, um, like, there are families and people who will eat the same thing for every meal. Mm-hmm. The thing is, they're not eating something that is just a singular compound, unless they're, they're literally unable to afford it. But usually what you try to do if you end up in that situation is you're eating something that has multiple food groups, and that way everything kind of stays in balance. So even though you eat the same thing every day, you're not getting an overdose of any specific compound. Right. And this, that's why all these systems don't work. Yeah, you're eating uh, just the potatoes. Well, uh, I was going back to the capitalism, socialism, uh, communism. That's why none of those system work systems work is because it you're just you're getting just potatoes, you're getting just uh, just duck meat, not just meat, just duck meat. Oh yeah, well actually there are animals if you just eat their meat, they're not inedible. But like if you just eat squirrels, you'll die. Right, same way with rabbits. If you only eat rabbit meat, you'll starve to death. With a full stomach. Well, you, you never be or hungry corn. a day in your life and just die of malnutrition. Corn, or as most people outside of America would call it, maize. Right. Maize is inedible. It's not a food. I mean, we can... In not, much the same way as gravel. We can put it in our mouth, we can swallow it, but it just passes through and gets polished up on the way out. Yep. A polished turd. Yes. It's, but any one of these systems, in of and by itself, it's fundamentally broken. Well, it's this obsession with efficiency and productivity. Mm-hmm. Because the idea being, if we simplify... It's the, it's the government and empire illness. It's their sickness. It's everybody fits into the same box, so we're interchangeable, so it doesn't really matter. It's like a lot... Most people can tell at their job, you are a replaceable cog. Yes. If you... If you die, you are a meat machine. Yeah, you die. They just throw you in a hole and replace you. If they even bother with the hole, just push, 
push Johnny underneath the counter mm. and get Bob in here to take his place. You're just a meat cog. Yeah, and even if they dress it up, you know that's all you are. And that's why kingdoms, government, empires, they always end up going universalist. And the universalist system needs control over its population. And thus, we get offered these these solutions to these problems. But the problem is they don't have enough control over you. If you look at early America, bartering was actually encouraged. They're like, yes, we have a monetary system, but we don't have just one monetary system. I th- well, we have the term 14. We have 14 monetary systems because each colony had its own money and the federal government had its money. In many cases, there were towns and or individual banks which had had its own money. And there was, uh, what's that called, exchange rates. Well, yeah, like. Uh, that's why the United States dollar is called a buck. Is buck skins were used as currency in well, some areas, or no, at least you, you got it backwards. What was what what it was is at one point a buck skin was worth a dollar. As in, you kill a buck, you roll up the hide, you trade it in, and you get paid a dollar for it. And then there's also a quality. Right. Like difference. you didn't trade. I don't know the the wheat farmer a, a tan buck hide. No, it was like you take it to the store, you sell it, and you get a buck out of it. Well, and that doesn't sound like much until you realize that... Uh, a dollar used to be a lot. Well, you used to be able to pay a penny for a bag of candy. Right. Well, and that's relatively recently. A, a buck then was like 100 bucks now. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know what the exact... Um, um, shit. What's the word? Uh, inflation rate. rate. I don't know what the exact inflation rate is from back then, but I'm it's well over 100% now. Well over 100% of what it was. So one buck used to be worth over $100 now. Well, and part of it is people are just viewed as products now. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, um, it's something we harp on a lot, maybe not on the podcast, but when we talk to people in real life, property taxes. As long as property taxes are a thing, and if you fail to pay your property tax, even if you've completely paid off your house. Yeah, you don't still own it. it. You're just renting it from the government. Yes, you've had it for generations, but all of a sudden you have to pay taxes on it, which is just renting the land from the government. Mm -hmm. That's all it is, because if it wasn't that, why does the house get taken from you and the land if you don't pay? Yes. Well, and it's, it's... If you dig through just piles of shit you will discover that back in the late 1800s early 1900s so the the famous president after him after after he got the third hole in his head or the spare hole in his head he 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 got a little bit of venting in his in his dome people was and it's this is when it actually took root and actually started to have have uh, physical representation in the world because it's always been this way. The rich people, they're like, but why do the poor people have things? Why are they happy? Why are they out there able to do these things? I can't do that. I don't like that. And we need more meat cogs. Let's get those people from the country because they don't want to come here and, and participate. We're going to make them. Well, it's, well, how do you get people to go from the countryside into the cities? You force you, them. Yeah, you start taking their land away. The easiest way to do that, and it wasn't done at first because he was feeling it out, and then government used to, at one point, 
half-assed do its job, which the government's job in America was to say no. That was their whole thing. Somebody comes forward and says, we should charge uh, land taxes. And the government's job at one point was to say, no, we shouldn't. But they stopped doing that. Well, it's, it started being a uh, money-making operation more yes. than anything else. So, and land is uh, time and land. Time and space are the ultimate cur- currencies. So, how do you get people to go from the countryside into the urban areas? First, you tax their land. Ah, damn it. They're still able to, to uh, pay their taxes. Okay, but there's industry out there. Let's stop them from being able to, do, to make money out there. We will move all the money-making centers into the urban areas. The only way that they're really going to be able to make money is to move into urban centers and they they do that and then all of a sudden people can't pay their taxes and bear in mind this is stretched out over a very long period of time they have to walk it otherwise everybody's going to freak the fuck out so you have to baby step it now all the money making opportunities is in the city people can't pay their land taxes so they end up selling their land or defaulting on it and moving to the, the urban centers to make money. Now introduce the internet. At first, it's only in the cities. Makes sense, right? And then the people in the countryside, they're like, hey, this internet thing is pretty cool. You can make money on the internet. So let's get the internet in the countryside. They get the money in the countryside. And now they're able to start industry again in the countryside using something like Amazon. They make chairs. They sell it through Amazon. They ship it out. Doesn't matter what the thing is. People do this all the time. Um, only fans. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the thing is. Um, but they're able to make money on the internet. Now the government's like, shit, how do we do this, continue this, and not let people know? This, it sounds like I went off on a side tangent, but I didn't. This is still all the ists and isms that we started with. Well, and, and they're flowing back and forth from one ist to another ism. Well, and the thing is, is it used to be a thing that this is how the monetary system was not required, was you didn't have to pay for your land once you owned it, once it was 100% yours. Mm-hmm. There was no taxing your land until you basically can't afford to stay on it and then it what runs fallow gets bought up by some oprah or rich asshole after there's a fire so there used to be some level of security that's why you can have instances where money in the past was completely freaking worthless and people are able to wallpaper their house if yeah, you have that to, was germany yeah. was one of them yeah and not the only one just one of them yes however Try holding on to your house when you have to pay land taxes. Yes. You can't do it. If, you're, if, you get, if the monetary system gets so bad that you can actually use the money to wipe your ass or wallpaper your house because it's cheaper than actually... But the land wall- taxes don't go away. No. Well, now, then, how, do you, how do you do it? Well, it's you like, don't. It all defaults back to the government at that point. Well, and then this is... There's a few issues with America in general because on paper, our GDP says we're extremely wealthy. But this is the problem with GDP is averages. Mm -hmm. You can have 
seven people who make absolutely no money. You throw one person that makes a hundred uh, five hundred grand in there, all of a sudden everybody's doing really well. Yeah. Well, if you got five people, four people make zero dollars. One person makes five uh, five hundred thousand dollars. You average it out. Everybody makes a hundred thousand dollars. Averages mean shit. They mean nothing. And then here's the other thing: GDP, much like productivity, much like efficient efficiency are not virtues productivity is not a virtue yes laziness you could consider it a vice but there's also just the need of humans when you cannot sit down and do nothing and be content with that there's a problem and that currently right now in society that is a massive problem because I, I've, I've mentioned it to people sometimes all you need to do is just for an hour or two just sit down and just stare at a wall turn everything off no stimulus just sit there and stare at a wall and first they think that they don't have the time to do it but they do if you have time to watch a movie you have time to do that but the other is they feel guilty for doing that why am i not doing something well it's because at least in the united states because i, I i've learned that while there's a lot in common across the, the western world there are differences but in America, productivity is not just a virtue, it's the virtue. Yes. If you are not constantly producing, you are a burden. And I hate to say and break people's hearts and their minds, but this is not true. Just because you're not constantly productive does not mean that you are a burden. It does not mean that you're a wastrel. Well, uh, well... Uh, Part of it, too, goes with the, the monetary system, which ties into the initial, the, 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 um, the gift economy, the bartering economy, the, the uh, communism, socialism, capitalism, cor corporatism. And that, the, even that's keeping it basic. But with the money system, people will be like, oh, you poor baby, you only make uh, $75,000 a year. I bet you're so broke. In L.A., you are. Oh yeah, you you have you can maybe afford the nicer cardboard box, right? In very small town Ohio, you are rich as fuck. Thirty five dollars an hour in L.A. is not the same as thirty five dollars an hour in Newberry, Michigan. Well, yeah, because here's the thing: is money money is not a flat rate. Like a monetary system is purchasing power. Thirty five thousand dollars U.S. in New York versus rural Ohio versus Nigeria. Well, shit, is a completely different exactly because that, that's what I was going to say. Let, let's jack this price up fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollars anywhere in America is not the same as fifty thousand USD in Ghana. Well, that's why a lot of people, ever since the work from home thing has happened, people are starting to go to Mexico. Like there's there's actually to the point where Mexico is complaining about the American immigrants. Well, and there's there's podcasts though that will uh, podcast political voices so on and so forth. They'll be like, if you make thirty five thousand dollars a year, congratulations, you're in the top one percent of the entire global population for wealth. No, you're not. Don't believe it. These people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're remove. Well, it's because they're looking at it as a flat sum. Yes. That it. $35,000 is not the same amount everywhere. No. I mean, it's much like uh, in Canada, making like 35 bucks an hour is the equivalent of making like 20 or 25 in America. Right. And it, it, anybody that lives in the city knows you're not actually doing much 
with that if you're if you're the only income supporting a family. Well, and then let, let's take this back to the very idea of what's built on top of all this. Right. The because money is not incredibly valued in ethnic faith, and not because we didn't have a monetary system, but because there's more important things. Yes, and here's the thing: is actual wealth at the most basic level is not cash. It's not even stuff. It's time and space. As you mentioned, yeah. it. it is land that your family can be on, you and your community, so the, and the connection to it, and the time and freedom to use that time how right. you want to. Well, and true wealth is who will mourn. This is the measure of a person's true wealth throughout their lifetime. You cannot know until they die. How mourned for are they? How much grief ripples through the the communities or the world when they pass well and this but, so i mean think about it you cannot know that until after the person is dead no well and here's the thing is we used to have this is one of the most famous myths in northern europe is the myth of fafnir the dwarf that became a dragon to guard his horde i've heard conflicting stories because there, there's, two there's always good conflicting stories but when it comes to the, well, the, hold the on. Horde, they're only conflicting in the details the through line is the yes, same. yes the, but the overall idea with the dragon and is let's say someone dies and is buried with a massive horde right all that wealth is removed from the people in terms of like the monitor, physical wealth the physical wealth so there, there's two different well three one is the spirit of the person that died becomes a dragon. So you literally become a monster obsessed with guarding your gold. The second is it attracts a dragon spirit or a, uh, a dragon is attracted to the lair. In other words, the dragon is the manifestation in this instance of the greed of the individual. So if you want to look at it completely metaphorical, what it is is the greed of the individual now plagues the surrounding land. Right. Well, and there's there's counter folklore. It's a little bit newer, but the idea of the dragon jealous, jealously guarding the horde until the rightful heir comes for it, whether it's the the sword or the chalice or whatever, we understand instinctively that yes, monetary things. There's a monetary value to things um, because we trade. We've always traded. I mean, we traded before we even had access to money. I will trade you this candy bar for your juice. Okay. Oh, yeah. Everyone learns it at lunch hour. Yeah. Yeah. Darn it. I've got. I'll take that fudge round if you give me your high. If I give you my high C. Yes. So we understand that, which then makes the a monetary system. It doesn't matter what it is. It's taken many, many forms through through Hyperborean history. Like gold, for one, was not really valued. Until later periods. Gold's main value is the fact that it doesn't tarnish. Yeah. But it's useless on its own. We so mostly used it for decoration. Didn't give a shit about it. Well, it's, it, well, it's pretty. Yeah. And that was it. Um, we we would trade, like we would get it and trade to, for the northern tribes, we would trade to Rome or Greece with it. Or fine, fuck it, I'll take your gold because then I'm just going to go over to your market and buy everything out of the market. Because that's what has value, not the gold. Well, and... Most of the gods don't really value wealth in that same mm -hmm. way. Like, for instance, uh, the Eternal Hunter. He has a lot of gold, a lot of riches. 
he doesn't have any use for it. But the reason he has it is everyone that dies in his woods, everyone he kills, all the gold, all the money, all the valuables that they have, well, he's got it somewhere. Yeah. So, really, what, for any society beyond the size of, say, four people, <clears throat> you kind of need both. You need a monetary and a barter system. It's not one or the other. As the, as the community grows, as you add more and more people to it, you end up adding more and more um, aspects to the community and how it interacts with each other. Because trade can even be telling a good story. How many people have paid to watch a movie or to listen to a song? Well, yeah, that's just the modern version of paying the storyteller. Yes. It's why now that the storyteller sucks. Eh. Everybody's pissed. Well, and nobody wants to pay for it. And the fact that they're getting insulted for not wanting to go see garbage. Right. Well, and the thing is, is let's let's lowball the tickets. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lowball it for reality, not for what the, the averages supposedly are when you Google it. But the the average and from my perspective, $20 a ticket. Give or take. If you, okay, there's this great story. You want to listen to the storyteller tell the story. You gladly pay 20 bucks. You go in, you enjoy yourself. You listen to the story. You're happy. It was a well, well spent $20. But how many times can you pay to hear a bad story? You, you've never heard the story. You go in and you pay, you, you end up getting a bad story. How many times do you do this before you just don't do it anymore? Well, and here's the thing is, it's not just the money because money for better or worse represents time because yes. you had to spend money. You had to spend time to make that money. Right. But there's also the time loss of going and seeing the movie, whether it's on a streaming service, whether right. yeah, it's, a it's not just the time earning the money. It's the time spent absorbing a bad story. Well, and we, we even did a post on this. Part of the reason that we're Hyperborean radio instead of Hyperborean TV show, not that that was ever on the table, right. is because the radio does not intrude. You can choose to listen to it when you're doing something else or when you're just trying to relax, and it doesn't really demand anything. Well, you. and you can listen without feeling like you're, you're missing something. Like, it, well, Joe Rogan's got a podcast. Tim Cast has a podcast. Uh, Russell Brand has a podcast. Uh, I don't know, Cat uh, Turd, I think, is uh, another person, has a podcast. But they're all visual podcasts. So when you're listening, you feel like you're missing something by not looking at the screen. With us, you're not. You're not missing anything, and that's by design. It's that you can wash the dishes, you can hold your kids, you can go for a walk or fish and just listen, and you're not missing anything anything because there is no visual there well i'm not trying to put people in a position where listening to us is a net cost right and if we had uh we want to be an addition to yes if we had like a video like we've considered this if we had you know better animation skills at our disposal mm -hmm. of taking some of our funnier bits and making them into shorts uh you know, basically to spread things around, but we don't have the current ability to do it well, so it would just be a waste of our time and yours, so we don't want to do well, it. Well, and even if we did, I would still want to do 
the radio aspect of it because I want whatever we do to add to a person's life, not detract. No, and that's the other thing because, like, I mean, si- I mean, we do ask for send us a donation, but that's just to help us grow and to help us do what we're already doing, well, do better. Not to not to make our our egos sound bigger than they are, but it's much. We try to view it more from the angle of if you think that we're giving something of value, feel free to show us. Right. Much like the old school philosophers and teachers in Greece, they'd hold a, a relatively open classroom that you could just come in and sit down and watch, and then they'd have a tip jar, basically. Right, yeah. And that that's kind of our approach. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. If you're listening on Spotify, just listen to our, to our commercials. I don't give a shit if you listen to the Spotify commercials, but listen to ours. It, it financially helps us out. Try not to skip them because it really does matter. Um, follow us on uh, X because if we get enough sub- subscribers and enough interaction, X will pay us. Our X com- I'm not even sure X app. I don't, I'm not sure what it's called. It's, Old Twitter. It's the app formerly known as Twitter. Yes. There's a potential for us to get paid there, and it's, it doesn't cost you anything other than Oh hey yeah, I'll sub and look at some of the stuff. Uh, hearts up, yay! And each heart, somebody did the math on it. Once you reach a certain point, each heart is like a third of a penny. It adds up, and it, it adds up quick. It does, especially the bigger you get. And, and think about this: we're doing this. Everybody knows that we're a small, a small radio show. I'm I'm not going to hide it. We aren't pathetically small. I I like to think our sound quality is good. The things that we talk about is interesting and intriguing. There are multi-million dollar podcasts. We are on the quality or very near so their quality. What could we do if we had multi-million dollars to work with? Uh, Just imagine what we could do if we had millions of dollars because we have hundreds of thousands of people listening to us. And therefore, starting to make thousands and millions of dollars just off from doing this. Well, it's what could we do with that? Because our sound quality—it's—it's it's up there and sometimes exceeding Joe Rogan. Oh, our yeah. video uh, quality I, is zero. <laughs> I, I've had people because I'll listen to the podcast to check it for audio quality and stuff, mm-hmm. or make sure because we've had this happen before where we will accidentally upload the wrong one. Yes, um, we've done I that say, before I being in we, a hurry. But <laughs> the um, the we was me. Uh, but they'll, they'll mention how good it is. And what it is, is we just work with what we have. Yes. But one of the things I want to bring up is in truth, the, because you and I were talking and I was saying, I don't quite know what I want. Like there are broader goals, but there's, there's like the general, right. Well, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. Well, yeah, everyone has these individual goals, but the, the broader, like, where do you want to end up? Right. This can be something. Well, and most of our people, we have the same goal. The same thing, which is just a, a space with enough space that I can have a bit of privacy, raising a family I like, and mostly just to be left alone. Because most of our people, while some of us have a wandering foot, we're mostly actually homebodies. Yeah. This is partly By why. By large, we just want to be left the fuck alone, have a family. Some love. Visit our friends when we want to. Have them come visit us once in a while. But by and large, to be left the fuck alone. That's that's what almost all Hyperboreans want. And it 
it seems this is the case nearly regardless of wealth wealth level because some people might think that we're like bashing on rich people never there's no problem with wealth with monetary wealth in the world you could be you could be the richest hyperborean in the world and be like you know what i like those guys but they hate me because i'm rich you're wrong well, it's like, it's, what do you do with it? What are you leaving behind? Well, it's like Tony Stark and Batman versus, I don't know, Lex Luthor. Or, or Tony or, Stark versus Batman. Yeah. What the fuck does Batman do with his money versus what does Tony Stark do with his money? Tony Stark is absolutely beloved knowing he's rich. Bruce Wayne. How many people love Bruce Wayne? No, they like Batman. Bruce Wayne's kind of, eh. Yeah. But... Or in real life. A lot of people like Elon Musk. Ever, most people know probably shouldn't trust him, but that's just a given. Yeah. But Bill Gates and a lot of these other Is people. Is reviled. Yeah. Well, Absolutely th- universally reviled. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes Bill Gates. Um, Bill Gates hates Bill, Ga- Bill Gates. Yes. That's why he looks like a pregnant tranny. Yes. Um, he looks like a pregnant 45-year-old woman. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> uh, but the the general thing is actual wealth is not monetary but at the same time there is a need for a monetary system so what is actually valuable to people freedom time space a good reputation community and then here's the thing is increasingly like myself i am at the point i really can't watch tv or movies Mm -hmm. Uh, every time i i turn them on the first thing that comes to my mind is is this worth my time Yep. And the answer is no. The answer is almost always no. I could watch this piece of crap, or I could I could lay down on the bed and stare at the ceiling. Which one is a better use of my time? And more and more commonly, and, and it's, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's a lot of people. It's like, I would rather just sit there and stare at the wall or lay on my bed and stare at the ceiling than watch or listen to anything uh, as far as TV shows or movies go. The mild hallucinations I get from staring at a strobe light are better than most well, television and shows. And some people are still stuck on, we pass through it too, um, are stuck on, the, well, it's because of the political messaging. Yes, that just makes it obvious, the lack of everything else. The truth is, is most of these stories just aren't good and it has nothing to do with the tired old tropes. We love the tired old tropes. Those tropes exist for That's a reason. That's why there's thousands of fairy tales that have roughly the same plot. But the stories that were being offered in general are, they're just empty. It's just noise and, and moving it, colors on the screen, and it means nothing. Well, and then increasingly, this is the other issue. Not only that they're bad, because even good movies I can't really go back and watch either because I've watched them too many times, or because I'm seeing the little bits that I didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. And then... From more and more experience from uh, reading, from telling stories to other people, from radio shows, or uh, one time when we went on the survival camping experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just called what it is, is old school camping. Yes. Uh, but considering survival camping now has zip lines for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we, anyway, you... Uh, told a story doing old school techniques which is mm-hmm. mostly human shadow puppetry basically yeah. you, you you mime things out you use branches for antlers you use a cloak to 
look like something. Basically, basically it's, it's human shadow puppetry. Yeah, using a giant fire. Um, there is more power to that than there is to an entire movie. And I think it's because you can lose yourself in that older style of storytelling. The singing, the dancing. Well, it becomes the, visceral. Yes, even when you, it has a lower production budget. Because there are old uh, mummers plays where people basically are just covered in straw. Yeah. You can still get into them more than most movies now. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, there was something that you brought up a little while. Oh, something else that is it, you brought it up a few weeks ago and I'm not sure if we ever mentioned it on a podcast or not but I'm going to bring it up again but you noticed something I didn't even notice it uh, I've been complaining about it but never actually managed to put it to words is the fact that what people used to do century or even a century fuck a few decades ago that was for the poor is now only affordable by the rich what the well, and I'm not knocking the rich for no. being able to do this. I'm knocking that it has become exclusively available to them. Right. By and People large. want to talk about systemic. This is a system, a, a problem caused by the system. Well, and just to get into the general idea of wealth, this is the because it actually ties into what you just brought up. Wealth in a pagan sense is very different from wealth in a universalist sense because wealth in a universalist sense is what you can what you hold on to. Right. So you can have, like, a Scrooge McDuckian vault and never spend a fucking penny. Well, and here's the thing. People love Scrooge McDuck. Well, it's because Scrooge McDuck is the tightest. He'll squeeze a penny until a dime comes out of it. Yes, but this is the thing about Scrooge McDuck that makes him well-liked. He actually does stuff. He goes and does adventures. He holds charity galas. He's fun. Well, and there's some of the stories where he actually undoes charities because he notices that they're and these are some of the older stories i think um i don't know i'm old so some of these stories like uh i can't necessarily separate them out just one flows into the other but he notices a charity is corrupt i think it was an old comic that i was reading he noticed the charity was corrupt he he crushed the charity because the charity takes in all these at the time millions of dollars which is to translate billions of dollars and only hundreds are coming out. And it's great to make money. But that is theft. Scrooge McDuck is an- anti-theft. Well, and he is not actually greedy. He just doesn't waste money. No. Well, and he's a, he's a bit of a miser, but he doesn't go full miser. Right. That's one of the differences. And then here's the thing with Scrooge McDuck and a lot of other people the pagan concept of wealth is how much you can afford to give away not that you give it all away not that you should live as an aesthetic hermit or something but that like here it's this it's this Let, let me let me break it down you walk by a homeless person you give them 50 bucks oh i'm a better person than the one that gave them five bucks the wealthy or the the true charity the the wealthy person will give that person a job so that they can buy their own stuff. That is wealth. Well, and then also still maintaining being part of the community. Because Scrooge McDuck is also part of his community. He's not just... He's not just up on his hill with the spooky trees behind the gate. No, he's not Mr. Burns. Yeah, he's not Mr. Burns. He, 
he goes out into the community and interacts with the community. But well, all of this, all of this is actually wealth. It's the interaction, interaction, interaction with the community. Because if you watch or read the, the Scrooge McDuck stories, and, and here's the thing. Fictional characters are, the, are by far the best ones to use because people don't really get that emotionally invested in them. But some of the stories, he is reviled by the people, but it's because he did something naughty. When Scrooge Mc, but most of the time, he is loved by the people because not because he throws money at them, it's because he actually does stuff for the town. He brings fame to their town. He makes their lives better simply by being there. Well, and then this is actually probably the easiest way to explain it is. It used to be that the wealthy person, whether it was a chieftain, a great hero, because we're not going to begrudge someone their success if they've earned it. The meritocratic nature of our people. I mean, but, congratulations. Yes. Like the person that becomes a great football star, the mm -hmm. person that invents, I don't know, self-driving bicycles. Well, or But um, what ahead. I was getting at is these people, when they're still part of the community, people take pride in it. Yes. This man is a great man. He founded our town, and he invented the method for turning wood chips into cereal or whatever. <laughs> but um, Sounds horrific, but yes. But that is something people used to take pride in. This person was from here. The reason that's been flipped around is because it went too far in the other direction, where now people that are well off isolate themselves, not just from the rest of the town, but sometimes not even live in the town mm -hmm. like it, it's something i've been commenting on the thing is the reason that the people in charge of most countries don't give two shits about the people in them is because they live not only in a place but in a community that is made up almost exclusively of other people in the same social sphere and let's go with what they are cast because i am all for hierarchy i am all for the, the best person for the job, the strongest, the, the, the best possible leaders, the, the best women, all that stuff that people are able to rise. My issue is once you have a complete class system, which slowly just quickly turns into an unofficial caste system, is the people at the very top become so ingrained that not only just Well, they're, they're locking the people down well, below. That's what happens when it turns into a case system. Well, and the, there, there's a wall put up there that makes it nearly impossible to hurdle. Well, like there are so many stories in pagan lore of people coming from nothing and becoming something mm -hmm. like even uh, your clan's story of Tyrus. He was a thrall that became a great. Well, he was warrior. the son of a thrall, son of a thrall that became a great warrior chieftain. So that that shows just you can rise from being born at the bottom to the very top mm -hmm. if you are a grand enough man that's part of the ideals of who we are as a people however if you become a situation where you cordon off whether it's an aristocracy whether it's just the upper classes whatever it is and you start not only isolating yourself from the others but start interbreeding with each other because before it might be that there might be a wealthy family that's well liked in an area but now it's become the people who are the wealthiest, who are the, well, not even the wealthiest, the richest. Let's go with that. The basically live in communities where they only interact with each other. The gated communities. Yes. And it's be, what eventually happens, both culturally and genetically, 
is you have a separate tribe ruling everyone else. Mm -hmm. The aristocracy of Europe slowly became one giant tribe that happens to rule over their flesh and blood toy soldiers. Right. Well, and I say look at everybody really with a critical eye. Anybody that, that's forward in the public eye. Even people that aren't. Look at people with a critical eye, but don't be cynical. But I'm going to use famous people as an example. Difference between rich and wealthy. Elon Musk goes to a sports ball game. He is in the upper decks. He is not walled off by glass. He is shaking hands with the people also in the stadium. He does have bodyguards there. But they're minimal and they're not really that close. You can't see them like in the photo shots or in the moving images. You know that they're there. But they're not overwhelming because he's not really in danger. Now let's take another rich person. Let's say Bill Gates or Zuckerberg or who's another one that's really reviled? Fauci. He's terribly rich. Don't don't let the fact that he's a government person fool you or Pelosi. Let's take any of them and put them in that exact same position. How active do the, does our bodyguards have to be? How close are you getting to them? Because they know that they're reviled. Well, and the thing is, is that people like Elon, not because he's just like everybody else, but because he's actually, for lack of a better term, he's doing something. He's doing something, and he's clearly a skilled person right. with a lot of powerful qualities, well, and yet he's still doing stuff for people, with people. Right. He's not using that against the people. Well, and as far as the X app goes... Even if he himself, let's let's pretend he has somebody else doing the Elon account, and people are sending that account suggestions and or complaints about the app. It be, it actually gets addressed. I've I've seen where people have been heavily shadow banned, and then they show evidence of it. Elon's account will respond to them. We'll work on that. Give us a day or two. We're going to look into it because the the programming is so so complex. And then it gets addressed. Uh, addressed. People will make suggestions. There's suggestions that wasn't even his that have been activated on the app. This makes him the people's rich guy. Yes. Uh, that's wealth. That is something money itself cannot buy. Wealth cannot be bought it can't be purchased it can be attained but it cannot be purchased riches can be if you got enough riches you can actually buy more riches it's just the way that it works well it and here's the thing is these words are all sorts of muddled because you can say i'm rich in friends i've never heard someone say they're wealthy in friends right but yes it's Basically, it's the actual function where you would view it in a positive light versus the miser. Like A Christmas Carol, one yes. of my favorite stories. A Christmas Carol, Scrooge isn't even a bad person. If you person. actually read the book. He's just a miser. Yes. This is viewed as a negative. And when he, he is miserable. 
yes, he's miserable and he's taking his misery out on other people, but he's not this cartoonish supervillain. I like they, they make him in right. a lot of later adaptations. Well, and here's the other thing, too, in the book. People don't hate him. They're he's, worried for him. Yeah, they, they want to like him. They keep consistently reaching out to him. He is miserable because he is a miser. People are concerned for him because he is a miserable miser. Yes, he has all this money, but he keeps his house extremely cold in winter. He eats porridge like the paupers do. He's letting himself live in basically misery just to not spend the money. Now, there's a, a more noble intent there, which is he wants to leave something for his family. Mm -hmm. But because he's not actually living he, or even interacting with people... He is actually making people mourn for him before he's even dead. Yeah. And that's just someone who is not even being a negative drain on his community. Well, and the uplifting thing. He didn't spend a lot of money. He's like, go get a, a goose. I think it was yeah, a, it's goose. a goose. Go get a goose for the family that I'm going to go spend, spend uh, Christmas with. And by the way, here's a couple extra dollars for your trouble. That's it. That, that, that's that's pretty much all the money that he spent. He he doesn't loosen. I mean, he he obviously loosens his his purses just a little bit, but it's not like he runs around giving everybody all of his money to he prove that he's a good person. He yeah. doesn't start throwing pennies at people like penny for you. Ow. <laughs> no, it's um. He just starts spending time with his family. He starts being more personable. That's really all it is. Nobody begrudged him his wealth. Right. I mean, even though there's this adaptation that we, I like the first half because the the ghost of Christmas past is very basically Othan. Um, and it's actually very good at that. It does a horrible job of depicting Ebenezer Scrooge yes. because he is a corrupt businessman. He's not that in the book. Yeah, he, he's not wicked. He's not evil. Never actually cheated anybody. It's always about the letter of the contract. Yeah, he is almost fey like in his um, letter of the letter of the contract. Right. Well, because in the movie, it makes it seem like he's twisting it. But what he did was actually hold them to the letter while they're trying to twist and get around the contract. So he's actually a legitimate, upstanding businessman. That's why he's able to do so much business. You make a contract with him, you know that contract is going to be followed, but you can't change it. So he, he's not an evil character in the book. Well, and all of this is somewhat necessary because if you try to make a system where you force people that can do great things to not be great, then, well, it's like that, I forget what the story's called, but the person that's so strong naturally that they have to have him wear weights so that he's as weak as everyone else. Oh. The person who's smarter, so they have an electric shock so he can't it's hold a thought for more than 14 It's not 1984. It's one of those other ones. Um, I always think it's Flowers for Algernon, but I think that's a different story entirely. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember, but uh, I, the I one that's it, too smart gets the buzzing in his ear. Yeah, there's. It, I read it so long ago, I'm mixing it up with a few yeah. other things. But that is the true equality, the true equity. That's monstrous. Hierarchy is normal. It's natural. Right. You don't, but it, instead of this person's father did great things, so he automatically gets in charge, or this person's family was rich, so they he gets all the benefits of them being rich. It's this person is the best, so he becomes 
I don't know, chieftain, right. king, whatever. And then you have the opportunity, like, yes, your father was great. Now, what can you do? How dare you not live up to his reputation? Well, and most often, what's what ends up going on here is, and it's ha- been happening for a very long time, people examine nature, and they're like, oh, this works. And then they dissect it. And then they will lift part of it out and say, this is what there is. Or there's this, giving you a dichotomy, a false binary, when really there is an option three. There's always an option three, which the the real option is to all of nature and how things actually work. Oh, yeah. But for control, that doesn't work. For universalism, that doesn't work. And universalism is a product of trying to control people. Oh, yeah. Well, even wolves will fight each other over the best hunting ground. Mm -hmm. To maintain the best hunting ground, you have to keep your pack strong. This is nature. The uh, bees will fight over the best territory for flowers and honey production. But they share with each other. Yes. Uh, I mean, within their own hive. And uh, I hate to say it, we're done. We're out of time. That's been an hour. All right. Um, So I will leave and say... You know what, guys? Give this thing a thought. Try to identify different binaries and dichotomies, the the falseness of it, and start looking at the broader, bigger picture. Um, And, by the way, hug your family. All right. uh, See you guys next week. And I'll say productivity is not in and of itself a virtue, nor is laziness. And in the end, we need a bit of both. We need to be able to rest and we need to be able to accomplish the things we care about so that we can spend the time with the people and things that we actually truly love. Lord keep her out.